各位听众好，今天是二月二十八号，北京时间下午五点。现在请听国际新闻。美国国务卿克里星期四将在罗马会晤叙利亚反对派领导人，届时他可能宣布美国将对叙利亚反政府武装提供更多的援助。同时，叙利亚之友召开一次范围更广的会议，支持叙利亚反对派的大多数欧洲和中东国家都派出代表出席这次会议。克里国务卿星期三说，美国正在寻找途径，加快叙利亚人民所追求的政治转变。白宫发
美国律师麦克布里德说：“这五名嫌疑人显然是企图为所求数百万美元的赎金而劫持船只的海盗。”星期三，前美国参议员哈格尔宣誓就任美国国防部长。他说：“美国绝不能对世界发号施令。”哈格尔对国防部工作人员说。任何国家都不能单独引领世界，哈格尔说：“美国必须参与国际事业，并且要和盟国合作。”他说：“我们都知道，我们生活在一个对世界起到决定性作用的时代，这是一个艰难的时代，也是一个具有巨大挑战性的时代。”但是这些为我们提供了良机。我觉得很重要的一点是，我们能够集中注意力，做好我们的工作，担负起我们极大的责任。新闻报告完了，是张燕向各位报告的。Hello, I'm Elizabeth Moore. Welcome to Functioning in Business. 听众朋友们好，我是杨晨，欢迎收听商务通英语。Functioning in business is an intermediate-level business English course with a focus on American business practices and culture. 商务通英语是中等程度的商务英语课程，课程题材以美国的商务实践和文化为主。通过电台播音室里的采访和绘画讲授美国英语。今天我们复习本星期的课程，第一课的题目是达成协议第一部分，重点学习怎样接受别人的道歉。首先是电话访谈，我们通过电话采访了在北京的 Charles Blake 先生。Today we are talking again to Mr. Charles Blake. Hello, Mr. Blake. Hello. It's nice to talk with you again. Today we're going to listen to your conversation with Mr. Stuart Chapman. Yes, I met with Mr. Chapman as soon as he came back to town. Dave Gomez had been extremely helpful, but I was anxious to talk to Mr. Chapman so that we could finalize the agreement. Let's listen to the beginning of that conversation. Well, I'm glad to finally meet you, Charles. And I'm very happy to meet you, Stuart. I'm very sorry for not meeting you earlier. But with my father in the hospital, I understand completely. It wasn't a problem. Dave is so knowledgeable that we've proceeded quickly. He's been very helpful. That's good. Well, I know that you're getting ready to return to Beijing, so we should get right down to business. Good. I'd like to finalize things before I leave. So you were looking forward to meeting Mr. Chapman? Yes, I had worked out many of the details of the agreement with Dave Gomez. Uh huh. But I knew that Mr. Chapman would make the final decision. After my experience with advanced technologies, I was a bit worried. Because advanced technologies decided not to buy your robots. Yes, Mike Epstein loved our robots, but his boss Shirley Graham made the final decision. Still, I was fairly confident. Mr. Blake, thank you for talking to us today. My pleasure. 文化点滴
Welcome once again to Culture Tips with Gary Angleton. Today's email question is, how do I know when to stop small talk and get down to business? Hmm, well, in most situations, small talk should only last for a few minutes. When people have been introduced and are comfortable, you can start the serious conversation. But how do you know exactly when to begin talking about business? Well, you don't really. But you should look at the other people in the room very carefully. Sometimes you can see signs that it's time to end the small talk. What do you mean? What kind of signs? Well, for example, if people are looking at their watches, that's one sign. Because they are wondering when the discussion will begin? Yes, or they're bored. Another sign to look for is a pause in the conversation or an awkward silence. After that, you can say, well, perhaps we should begin our meeting. Or you can say, why don't we get started? Thanks for the information, Gary. My pleasure. Let's listen to today's business dialogue. Oh, Mark, I'm so sorry I'm late. Don't worry. It's no problem. Thank you, but I really must apologize. I couldn't get a taxi. Oh, I understand. So, how have you been? I've been busy. I just got back from vacation, so I'm trying to catch up. I see. Yes, but in general, things are going well. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks. Well, Mark, why don't we get a table and order some food? Great. I'm so sorry I'm late. Don't worry. It's no problem. I really must apologize. I understand. Gary 提示, 讨论怎样接受别人的道歉. Now it's time for Gary's Tips with Gary Angleton. Hello, Elizabeth. Today I'll be talking about accepting an apology. When Sarah first apologizes, Mark responds with the expressions, Don't worry, it's no problem. Oh, Mark, I'm so sorry I'm late. Don't worry, it's no problem. After Sarah explains further, Mark accepts her apology, saying, I understand. Let's listen. Thank you, but I really must apologize. I couldn't get a taxi. Oh, I understand. These expressions are similar to the words that Mr. Blake used to accept Mr. Chapman's apology. I'm very sorry for not meeting you earlier, but with my father in the hospital... I understand completely. It wasn't a problem. 
After Mr. Blake accepts Mr. Chapman's apology, it is time to get down to business. Well, I know that you're getting ready to return to Beijing, so we should get right down to business. Good. I'd like to finalize things before I leave. Business meetings always begin with some small talk, but at some point it is time to get down to business. Thanks for joining us today for Gary's Tips. Thanks, Gary. 本星期第二课的题目是达成协议第二部分，重点学习怎样澄清或明确一件事。首先是电话访谈。我们打电话到联邦汽车公司办公室采访 Chapman 先生。Today we are talking to Mr. Stuart Chapman from his office at Federal Motors. Hello, Mr. Chapman. Hello. Today we are listening to your conversation with Mr. Blake. Ah,、uh, yes. I was glad to finally meet him. Dave Gomez had done an excellent job in his meetings with Mr. Blake, but it was my job to make the final decision. Let's listen to part of your conversation with Mr. Blake. Well, I know that you're getting ready to return to Beijing, so we should get right down to business. Good. I'd like to finalize things before I leave. My understanding is that the English service manuals will be ready in three weeks. Actually, we'll have them for you in two. Excellent. And Dave said that you could send some English-speaking technicians to train our engineers. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Mr. Chapman, what was your first impression of Mr. Blake? I was very impressed. I felt that we could do business together. Why was that? Well, I'm a very direct person. I like to get down to business. And you felt that Mr. Blake was similar? Yes. He knew his products very well, even the details, and he understood our concerns. I see. Mr. Chapman, thank you for talking to us today. Thank you, Elizabeth. Welcome once again to Culture Tips with Gary Angleton. Today's question is: Has English really become the international language for business? Well, that's a difficult question. Why is that? In face-to-face -face business meetings, many different languages are used, but for business writing, English is the most popular language. Even if you can't speak English well, you need to be able to read it. Why do you think that's true? One reason is an increase in exports. Today, most large corporations export their products all over the world. You have to include documentation with your products, and it's not practical to translate this information into every language. So English has become standard. Yes. In addition, businesses have become increasingly dependent on email and the internet, and the dominant language of the internet is English. Finally, most of the important scientific and business journals are in English. If you want to keep up in business, you need to read English. Thank you, Gary. My pleasure.
商务对话。Let's listen to today's business dialogue. Ms. Chang, I was told that you arrange industrial tours. Yes, that's correct. And my understanding is that you can arrange visits to Chinese toy factories. Yes, we've done many tours of toy factories for foreign business people. That's great. They're particularly interested in traditional toys. Can you arrange that? What do you mean by traditional? Can you give me some examples? Uh, well, I mean dolls, toy cars, and so on. That kind of thing. That's no problem. No problem at all. But could you send me a more detailed description of what your clients would like to see? Certainly, I'll have them email a list to you. That would be wonderful, and I'll start contacting some factories immediately. Thank you. They'll be very pleased. I was told. I was told that you arrange tours. My understanding, my understanding is that you can arrange visits. What do you mean? What do you mean by traditional? I mean, I mean dolls and toy cars. Gary 提示 Now it's time for Gary's tips with Gary Engleton. Hello, Elizabeth. Today I'll be talking about different ways to confirm and clarify information. At the beginning of today's business dialogue, Mr. Telleman confirms his understanding by using the expressions "I was told" and "My understanding is." Let's listen. Ms. Chang, I was told that you arrange industrial tours. Yes, that's correct. And my understanding is that you can arrange visits to Chinese toy factories. Yes, we've done many tours of toy factories for foreign business people. This part of the business dialogue is very similar to Mr. Chapman's conversation with Mr. Blake. Let's listen. My understanding is that the English service manuals will be ready in three weeks. Actually, we'll have them for you in two. Excellent. And Dave said that you could send some English-speaking technicians to train our engineers. Is that correct? Later in the business dialogue, Mr. Telleman talks about traditional toys. Ms. Chang asks for clarification with the question, "What do you mean by traditional?" And she asks him to give examples. They're particularly interested in traditional toys. Can you arrange that? What do you mean by traditional? Can you give me some examples? Uh, well, I mean dolls, toy cars, and so on, that kind of thing. It is important in business to ask for clarification and examples when necessary. I hope the expressions we discussed today will help you communicate in English. 
we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Gary. 本星期第三课的题目是达成协议第三部分，重点学习怎样指出对方误解了一个情况。首先是电话访谈。Today we are talking again to Mr. Charles Blake. Hello, Mr. Blake. Hello again. Today we are listening to more of your conversation with Mr. Stuart Chapman at Federal Motors. Yes, he seemed pleased that the English language manuals would be ready so quickly, and he also had some questions about the technicians we were sending to train their engineers. Let's listen to that part of the conversation. My understanding is that the English service manuals will be ready in three weeks. Actually, we'll have them for you in two. Excellent. And Dave said that you could send some English-speaking technicians to train our engineers. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. I said that we could provide some technicians. We haven't actually discussed a number. So that's still to be decided. Yes, but I can assure you that we will provide an adequate number. Well, it's very important that they speak English well enough. We can't afford to waste time. Yes, I understand. We want this to be a success as well, Mr. Chapman. We haven't actually discussed a number. We didn't actually say how many. That's still to be decided. That hasn't been decided yet. I can assure you. I promise you. It's very important. It's critical. 下面请大家继续听我们同 Blake 先生的访谈。Mr. Blake, what was your impression of Mr. Chapman? Well, he was obviously well informed about my company and our technology. I found him to be very easy to negotiate with. What made it easy to negotiate with him? Well, he focused on the big picture. He didn't worry about details which could be worked out later. For example, the number of technical advisors. Exactly, he knew that we would agree to send an adequate number. It was in our best interest. Very good, Mr. Blake. Thank you for talking to us today. My pleasure. Let's take a short break. Welcome once again to Culture Tips with Gary Angleton. Today's email question is: I don't speak English very well. What can I do to improve my communication in English? That's an excellent question. The first thing to do is to learn how to control the flow of a conversation. What does that mean? For one thing, it means to get other people to speak more slowly. For example, you can say. Could you speak more slowly, please? That's good advice. And if you don't understand something, you can say, "I'm sorry, but I don't understand." Or, "Could you please say it again?" I see. If you don't understand a word, you can ask for help by saying, "What does that mean?" In business, it's important to understand and confirm information and ideas. 
The worst thing to do is to pretend to understand when you really don't understand. So you should ask a lot of clarification questions. Yes. And finally, if you really want to learn English, keep studying. Thanks for the excellent information, Gary. My pleasure. Let's listen to today's business dialogue. My reservation number is five six zero three seven one. Five six zero three seven nine. No, three seven one. Ah,、uh, yes, here it is, Mary Thompson. Actually, it's Mary Thomas. That's T H O M A S. Oh, thank you. And you've reserved the smoking room for six days. I'm very sorry, but someone has made a big mistake. I reserved a non-smoking room for eight days. Well, it says right here that it's a smoking room for six days. Here's the fax that your hotel sent me last week. It clearly says that I've reserved a non-smoking room for eight days. You're right. It does. Well, Ms. Thompson, we do have a non-smoking room available. Thomas, my name is Thomas. Ms. Thomas, I'm very sorry for these mistakes. To show our appreciation for your patience, I'm going to offer you a free dinner at our restaurant. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a pleasant stay. My reservation number is five six zero three seven one. Five six zero three seven nine. No, three seven one. Here it is, Mary Thompson. Actually, it's Mary Thomas. That's. T H O M A S. And you've reserved a smoking room for six days. I reserved a non-smoking room for eight days. Well, Miss Thompson, we do have a non-smoking room available. Thomas, my name is Thomas. Gary, 提示 Now it's time for Gary's tips with Gary Engleton. Hello, Elizabeth. Today I'll be talking about how to correct someone who has the wrong information. In today's business dialogue, the hotel clerk makes a number of mistakes, and Miss Thomas corrects him using several different techniques. When the clerk makes a mistake with the reservation number, Miss Thomas repeats the correct number. Notice that she emphasizes the correct number one by pausing slightly and then saying it louder than the other numbers. My reservation number is five six zero three seven one. Five six zero three seven nine. No, three seven one. When the clerk makes a mistake with her name, 
Miss Thomas repeats her name, and then she spells it. Ah, uh, yes, here it is. Mary Thompson. Actually, it's Mary Thomas. That's T-H-O-M-A-S. Later, she once again puts stress on the words that show the clerk's mistake. Notice how Miss Thomas stresses the non in non-smoking and the number eight. And you've reserved a smoking room for six days. I'm very sorry, but someone has made a big mistake. I reserved a non-smoking room for eight days. In Mr. Blake's conversation with Mr. Chapman, he politely corrects Mr. Chapman several times. In the following example, he uses the expression actually to give the correct information. My understanding is that the English service manuals will be ready in three weeks. Actually, we'll have them for you in two. Excellent. In business and social situations, it is sometimes necessary to correct wrong information. Remember to repeat the correct information and pay special attention to the words that will help the other person understand their mistake. I hope this has been helpful. Well, our time is up. Tune in again next time for Functioning in Business. See you then. 谢谢各位收听，我们下次再见。For further study, a functioning in business study kit is available from your local bookstore. 为了帮助学习，商务通英语备有课本和录音带，整套辅导学习材料，听众可以去本地的书店购买。美国之音现在继续播送中文节目节目内容是美国之音时事经纬各位听众好欢迎收听二月二十八日星期四的美国之音时事经纬节目我是大卫在这个小时的节目时间里我们将主要为您播报以下一些内容美国国务卿克里星期四将在开罗会晤叙利亚反对派领导人另外我们还要为您报道一名法国高层外交官表示联合国安理会将要要求潘基文秘书长就联合国在西非国家马里采取维和行动拟定一份正式的报告另外我们
美国正在寻找途径，加快叙利亚人民所追求的政治转变。白宫发言人卡尼星期三说，美国将集中注意力帮助叙利亚反对派变得更强势、更团结、更有组织性。卡尼说，美国官员将研究各种可行途径来帮助创立阿萨德政府下台后的叙利亚。另外一方面，一名法国高层外交官说。联合国安理会将要求潘基文秘书长就联合国在西非国家马里采取维和行动拟定一份正式报告。法国常驻联合国代表阿劳德说：“由十五个国家组成的安理会星期三就要求拟定这份报告达成一致立场，并表示安理会要求潘基文在三月底之前完成有关的评估。”在安理会做出这一决定的同时。法国和非洲军队继续与去年占领马里北部地区的伊斯兰激进分子作战。法国于一月介入这场冲突，当时激进分子开始向位于马里南部的首都巴马科进发。另一方面，星期三，前美国参议员哈格尔宣誓就任美国国防部长。他表示，美国绝不会对世界发号施令。哈格尔对国防部工作人员说：“任何国家都不能单独引领世界。”哈格尔说：“美国必须参与国际事务，而且要和盟国合作。”他说：“我们都知道，我们生活在一个对世界起到决定性作用的时代，这是一个艰难的时代，也是一个具有巨大挑战的时代。但是，这些为我们提供了良机。我觉得很重要的一点是。”我们能够集中注意力，做好我们的工作，担负起我们极大的责任。但是，我们也要看到，可能有更美好世界的前景。哈格尔承认，由于削减巨额开支，很可能在星期五自动开始生效。五角大楼面临的挑战，哈格尔表示，国防部将不得不面对开支削减的现实。他保证将。尽力让自己成为五角大楼和美国所期待的那种领导者。另一方面，美国将2010年在亚丁湾袭击美国军舰阿什兰号的五名索马里海盗定罪，对这五名海盗的判刑将在七月进行，他们可能被判处终身监禁。星期五，维吉尼亚州诺佛克的联邦法院判定五名索马里海盗被控罪名成立。包括企图绑架罪。美国律师迈克尔·里德说：“这五名嫌疑人显然是企图为索要数百万美元的赎金而劫持船只的海盗。”这是美国之音的中文广播。各位听众，您现在收听的是美国之音的时事经纬节目。全球有四十多万人连署一份致中国新领导人习近平的请愿书，呼吁中国政府释放狱中的诺贝尔和平奖得主刘晓波及被软禁在家中的妻子刘霞。相关组织星期三已经将这份请愿书递交给中国驻世界各地的使领馆。有关详情，请听美国之音记者杨明从香港发来的报道。由1984年的诺贝尔和平奖得主南非大主教图图发起， 140位诺贝尔奖得主签名的请愿书说，这份请愿书将向中国政府传达一个明确的信息，那就是
继续监禁世界上唯一一名被囚禁的诺贝尔和平奖得主和他的妻子，公然违反他们言论自由的权利和必要的法律程序，将不会被国际社会所容忍。请和我们一道告诉中国新一代领导人，无论在什么地方，基本人权必须得到尊重。图图大主教说。联合国认定刘晓波被判刑，他妻子刘霞被软禁，都是违反国际法的迫害行为。但尽管如此，中国政府至今仍剥夺他们的自由。他希望中国将认识到压制比自由的代价更高。中国当局靠压制将不会摧毁刘晓波及其妻子的精神和遗产。诺贝尔和平奖得主、西藏流亡精神领袖达赖喇嘛、美国黑人作家托尼·莫里森等人在这份请愿书上签了名。这次全球范围的请愿和联署活动去年12月在 Change.org 网站上启动，目前已得到全球130多个国家近45万人联署，包括141位诺贝尔奖得主。这份请愿书已经于星期三被递交给中国驻美国、英国、法国、德国、西班牙、意大利、澳大利亚、日本、加拿大、西班牙和墨西哥等国的使领馆。1989年，六四学生民主运动领袖乌尔开西和王丹星期三将由600多名台湾人联署的请愿书送交给总统府公共事务室，希望台湾政府。能将其转交给中国大陆。沃尔开西说：“昨天呢是一个全球统一的将这个联署信递交给中国政府的一个行动日。那么这一天呢，全球各地都有，包括在香港，包括在纽约，包括在伦敦、巴黎、柏林，啊，以及我所在的这个台北。那么在台北呢，因为没有中国政府住在机机关，那在台北呢，我们要求台湾政府，要求马总统。”这样的一个请愿信，那么这封请愿信也总统府也派人出面，这个代表总统接收了。中国著名的异议人士曾经被当局以煽动颠覆国家政权罪判刑入狱三年六个月的胡佳也联署了这份公开信。胡佳对美国之音说：“图图大主教发起的这份请愿书是呼吁中国政府释放刘晓波和刘霞努力中的一个重拳。我相信，就是说刘晓波获释也绝对不会是因为。”中国政府、中国共产党的某个高官或者这个政法系统，就是发了慈悲啊，什么帮人悔悟，他一定是在这个国际国内的声势以及形势到一定程度的时候，他才会释放刘晓波。中国著名意义作家刘晓波， 2010年获得诺贝尔和平奖。此前，他因在2009年参与起草主张。宪政民主的零八宪章被当局以煽动颠覆国家罪判处十一年徒刑。刘晓波获奖后，他的妻子刘霞也受到株连。尽管当局没有给刘霞定任何罪名，但刘霞几乎完全丧失了人身自由，通信联络被切断，不能会客，外出要申请并被陪伴。二月十五日，胡佳来到居住在北京某地五层楼的刘霞驻地。胡佳说，在他呼喊刘霞的名字后，刘霞来到窗前，精神恍惚，只哭不语，令人担忧。图图大主教发起的全球请愿书最后说：“现在是释放刘晓波和刘霞的时候了。”美国之音杨明，香港报道。这是美国之音的中文广播。
另外一方面，应朝鲜体育省的邀请，前 NBA 球星大虫罗德曼与其他现役退役的 NBA 球员和教练的代表团已经抵达平壤，将在朝鲜展开为期一个星期的访问。有关详情，请听美国声音记者张荣香在华盛顿的报道。Mr. Foreign Minister, members of this Abe administration. 外相先生，本届安倍政府成员以及您的一些外交官，过去曾表示希望寻求一条更为独立而不是那么依赖华盛顿的外交路线。而与此同时，华盛顿和东京双方都希望进一步增进防务同盟。那这种独立的外交路线怎么可能做到呢？首先，就我们两国的外交而言。美日同盟是基石，这是我国自己做出的决定来落实这些政策。加强日美同盟不仅对日本，对整个东亚以及亚太地区都是重要的，因为它带来和平与稳定。这点在最近的日美峰会上得到了确认。与此同时，我们国家必须做出努力，加强我们的防务能力。包括加大我们的国防开支，以及重新审议我们的防卫项目指南。根据美日同盟，我们必须加强我们的威慑力。我们将强调我们和美国的伙伴关系。与此相关，在与中日岛屿纠纷有关的问题上，面对中国船只和飞机。您对华盛顿的支持力度是否满意？根据美方对日本有关间隔诸岛问题的立场的理解，我们高度评价美国坚持美日同盟的立场。在最近日美峰会以及日美外长会晤期间，这样的理解和支持得到了确认。鉴于中国行为和表现的升级，所有这一切都很重要。North Korea remains defiant. 朝鲜仍然很强硬，虽然现在已有制裁措施，但是朝鲜还是进行了近年来的第三次核试验。去年十二月还发射了导弹。您打算对平壤实施什么样的新制裁呢？首先，朝鲜进行了核试验，这一行为是对国际和平与稳定的威胁，我们不能接受这样的行为。作为对此的回应，国际社会必须一道共识。这点在最近的日美高峰会以及我和美国国务卿的会晤期间得到了确认。我们还需要让联合国安理会通过一项决议，强化针对朝鲜的制裁。为了实现这一点，美国和日本应当与相关国家密切共事，以反制朝鲜。然而，与此同时，在同朝鲜打交道的问题上，我们需要在对话与压力之间保持平衡。根据日朝平壤宣言，我们必须坚定和强有力地继续地要求朝鲜全面解决核问题、导弹问题和绑架问题。您计划下个月访问非洲，您能不能说一说您要访问哪些国家？访问的目标是什么？啊，啊，啊，就非洲之行而言，下个月我计划访问埃塞俄比亚，这是因为我们计划今年在横滨召开第五届非洲发展东京国际会议，我们在为会议做准备。非常感谢。
这是美国之音的中文广播。另外一方面，应朝鲜体育省的邀请，前 NBA 球星大虫罗德曼与其他现役退役的 NBA 球员和教练的代表团已经抵达平壤，将在朝鲜展开为期一个星期的访问。有关详情，请听美国之音记者张荣香在华盛顿的报道。美国人的时事经纬，那么节目一开始呢，首先我们要和 VOA 卫视呢驻国务院的记者张荣香进行现场连线，请他给大家介绍呢有关国务院的一些呃最新的消息。荣香你好，安华你好，哎你好，呃我知道你现在正在这个国务院哈，那么首先呢想请请您谈一谈这个。呃，据我们了解，这个美国国务院主管亚洲事务的高级官员星期二，呃，出席这个美国国会众议院外交事务一个小组委员会的听证会啊，他说明了一些这个美国重新向亚洲平衡的策略。那么，这个什么叫重新向亚洲平衡？呃，具体内容又有哪些？请你介绍一下好吗？好的，这个问题问得非常好。重新向亚洲平衡呢？它的英文呢？这是听听证会用的英文名字是 rebalance。嗯，那之前用的都是叫做用 Asia p e r f e c t 对，那为什么要改用 rebalance， 重新向亚洲平衡，而不是用 Asia p e r f e c t 因为呢，之前的用语呢，曾经引起了一些争议。那么刚才提到两位的高级官员呢，分别是呃主管中亚与南亚事务的助理国务卿罗伯特布雷克，另外一位呢是主管东亚太平洋事务的代理助理国务卿。他是本人是个韩裔美国人，他的中文名字呢叫尹汝尚，他的英文呢叫做 Joseph Yun， 但是呢他虽然是韩裔，但是后面用中文写自己的名字。嗯，那么他出席的这个呃外交事务亚太小组委员会的听证会呢，主要就是在检讨这个国务院，还有那个在奥巴马政府第二任期之下呢，将如何履行向亚洲重新平衡。那两位官员告诉国议员。主要的原因是希望美国能够促进跟亚洲的经贸往来，并且促进美国对亚洲的出口呢能够翻几番。嗯，那么,那么在嗯对，请讲。那么在呃东北亚的问题上面呢，这个如呃尹汝尚他告诉国议员，目前最严重的问题就是朝鲜发展核试验。那么他表示呢，呃这、就是国就是那个他他认为呢，目前的首要之务呢是要确保。国际社会对朝鲜第三次核试验之后的回应呢，应该是一致的。那么他认为这是联合国安全理事会必须要担当的任务。那他说，目前美国在联合国安理会当中跟其他的国家呢就此磋商，希望达成一项包括联合国宪章第七章还有更多制裁方案的决议案。他认为，如果美国在没有其他国家参与之下，针对朝鲜采取片面的经济制裁。会出现问题。嗯，那么另外我们刚才谈到的是朝鲜问题。我们知道，国务卿克里目前是在欧洲出访。对。那么他虽然在人在欧洲，他的心里呢还是挂念这个亚洲这个朝鲜的问题。嗯、对，头疼头疼的问题哈。嗯、对他昨天就跟那个中国外交部长杨洁篪又通了电话。那希望美国希望寻求中国的支持，那通过联盟这项加码惩罚的那个决议案。嗯那另外呢，我们刚才谈到是中国还有美中的关系，还有朝鲜。但接下来呢，我们知道除了中国正在崛起，另外一个正在崛起的新兴国家是印度。那美国和印度的现在这个关系的现状如何？
那么国务院的主管中亚还有南亚事务的助理国庆布雷克呢，他告诉国议员，他说呢，美国和印度关系近年来进展呢非常的大，那印度自己呢也在改善与中国的关系，尤其是中国和印度之间的经贸往来呢翻了很几番，几乎达到七百亿美元，增长量是最快的。嗯嗯。那他说呢？尽管中国和印度之间还是存在着边界争端，但是美国和印度都明确表示，当美国和印度与中国发展关系的时候呢，不会牺牲彼此的关系。那美国与印度呢，并不寻求围堵中国，反而希望尽可能的与中国交往。那布雷克还表示，那么呃，预计在二零二五年，印度会成为全球第三大经济体。那么美国也要确保在。南亚还有在东南亚地区的公海海域的自由航行权不会阻挠到经贸的往来。嗯，那么可以呃感觉出来，好像是现在这个呃新任国务卿克里啊，呃就任之后啊，他采采取的一一些这个包括语言啊，还有现在的这种向国会解释这个重新平衡的策略呢，似乎感觉到了一些这个和呃前任的国务卿克呃希拉里克林顿有点不同的风格啊。那么另外呢，我们感觉呃，就是说这个一方面呢，现在是美国在寻求啊、呃、和一些大国进行这个联手啊，对这个朝核啊、呃、朝鲜进行核试爆，啊、呃、进行这个制裁或者说是啊、呃、相应采取相应的措施。那么另外一方面呢，呃，这种呃美国和朝鲜呢也出现了一些民间的互动啊，比如说这个呃现在呃这个应朝鲜方面的邀请啊，那么现在一些。呃，前 NBA 的一些球星啊，主要是这个其中引人注目的就是这个号称这大虫的罗德曼，还有其他的一些现役啊、退役的 NBA 的球员啊，还有教练组成的一个代表团呢，刚刚已经抵达了平壤。我们通过一些电视画面也看到了啊，那这个罗德曼和一些大球大腕球星啊，是嚼着口香糖，一副这个美国这个大腕的这个范儿哈，这这尽显无疑啊。那么在这个朝鲜抵达平壤之后呢，他们要展开一个星期的访问。那么，荣祥这方面呢，美国国务院就是国务院方面对此有些什么样的评论呢？是的，美国国务院认为，大虫罗德曼对朝鲜的篮球外交，当然不能跟当年美国与中国的乒乓外交来相提并论。这两个人的性啊，两种外交呢，它的性质都希望能够破冰。那国务院也对罗德曼这次访问朝鲜时机不采取任何立场。那刚才提到罗德曼，他此行呢，他的风格，尤其穿着风格非常特异。对，画面上我们看到他还是戴着耳环，他穿的衣服还是一样，就是嗯，特殊了。他自己就说了，他不因为朝鲜这个民风保守，会说比较社会比较严肃而改变自己的装扮。嗯，然后他希望呢，让呃朝鲜人民呢开眼界，看看外边的世界是什么样。因为朝朝鲜是长期以来是呃在国际的孤呃在国际的孤立之下的。那么罗德曼此行跟他去的呢，还包括了刚才提到了一些前球员，还有教练，还有包括了哈林篮球，这个美国蛮著名的一个一个组那个哈林篮球的三名成员，还有一个电视节目的拍摄小组。他们除了要跟啊、呃、教当地的小孩子怎么样打篮球，他们也计划制作一个节录啊、呃、电视的纪录片。嗯、呃、嗯。那渴望在四月上旬呢，在美国的一个。电视台叫 HBO 来播出。Oh, 那国务院发言人卢莱蒙目前是随国务克里在海外访问、嗯，所以呢，呃，国务院节目都是由代理发言人文特雷来主持的。那么文特雷呢，他在啊、呃、在例行礼貌上针对这个大虫罗德曼访问朝鲜的篮球外交，他说，事前呢，这行人并没有知会国务院。那么尽管国务院不审查美国公民到朝鲜的私人性质旅游、嗯，但是美国国务院敦促。
正考虑到朝鲜旅游的美国公民呢，应该先查看一下国务院所发布的朝呃旅游警示，还有呢国务院网站上面有关特定国家的旅游资讯。那么国务院对于罗德班一行人这次的访问的时机呢，不采取立场。我们记忆犹新，就是在朝鲜进行第三次核试验之前，呃，前美国驻联国大使李查逊，还有谷歌的首席执行官。对，是密特。嗯，对，当时访问朝鲜，可是当时国务院的立场比较强硬，说访问的时机没有帮助。但是这一次在朝鲜进行核试验之后，那罗德曼一行人访问朝鲜进行这个篮球外交，国务院却表示不采取立场。那媒体就质疑说，国务院呢根本就是双重标准。那另外，我们还注意到了，有媒体报道指出，美国白宫国安会的官员还有呃情报官员曾经在去年的四月。去年的八月，秘密访问朝鲜，那、嗯、么目的是希望刚跟那个刚刚上台的金正恩交往，并且说服朝鲜不要进行核试验。但是呢，两次秘密访问并没有成功。那么对于关于秘密访问朝鲜，白宫还有国务院呢，都是不证实。也不否认，陈华、嗯。好的，呃，谢谢荣夏给我们带来这么多的这个有关啊，呃，这两条消息的一些呃有关国务院方面的一些呃呃背景的一些报道啊。那么非常感谢你在国务院的现场连线，谢谢，再见。再见。这是美国之音的中文广播。欢迎回到美国之音时事经纬节目的播报现场。当很多人为中国的崛起而担心，不知道中国下一步会怎么走的时候，美国一位著名的军事战略学者却指出，中国正患上大国孤独症，因为根据战略选逻辑。一国国力的上升通常会激起他国的抵触情绪。有关详情，请听美国之音记者的报道。在中国战机成功着陆航空母舰的同时，中国的长期盟友缅甸接待来访的美国总统奥巴马。以缅甸为例，缅甸曾经是中国势力范围的一部分，但是缅甸人发现他们与中国走得太近了，而这个中国太强大、太强势。所以他们决定放弃这种联系，转而接纳西方国家。爱德华·罗特沃克最近撰写了一本书，叫做《中国崛起和战略逻辑》。他说，中国的经济发展、军力增长和越来越强硬的外交政策，已经在其邻国当中激起了抵触的情绪。一些国家已经心照不宣地形成了抵抗中国的联盟。正常的情况是，一个正在崛起的中国，拥有如此巨大的购买力，如此多的出口和投资，有那么多的人因为各种原因来到中国，这样的中国自然应该非常有影响力。但是目前的情况是，因为害怕中国的威胁，日本、印度和越南等国正在形成一个联盟，印度和越南在联手一个潜水艇项目，日本在帮助菲律宾。这是一种自发的、自然而然形成的针对中国的同盟。中国近年来在东北亚、东南亚和南亚都陷入了与邻国的领土冲突。
。罗托沃克坦诚自己并非中国通，但是他相信自己的战略逻辑，严格的适用于中国的地缘政治。但是他说，面对这样一个局面，中国并没有大战略来应对。没有什么可以被称作中国战略的东西。中国所有的只是各种行为，受文化态度、某个时刻的希望和担忧，甚至内部各种官僚机构各行其事所引发的行为。他说：“中国在南中国海和东中国海的冲突，很大一部分原因是源自中国国力增加之后，民众高涨的民族主义情绪。你现在所看到的一切非常熟悉，这就是著名的炼狱火战车。”下面请听一篇美国政府的政策声明。美国之音并不代表美国政府发言。虽然叙利亚两年来的暴力冲突已经造成七万多人丧生，但是二月二十一日大马士革发生的一连串。利用汽车炸弹滥杀无辜的野蛮行径仍然令人震惊。据报道，这一连串爆炸造成数十人丧生，几百人受伤，其中大部分是平民。这些爆炸发生在叙利亚总统阿萨德的执政党位于大马士革市中心的总部附近，同时也靠近俄罗斯大使馆以及一座清真寺和一所学校。目前还没有团体宣称为这些袭击事件负责。叙利亚革命和反对力量全国联盟谴责这些汽车炸弹爆炸事件。这个团体是叙利亚反阿萨德组织的联盟。叙利亚革命和反对力量全国联盟说，任何使用谋杀和违反人权的手段对付平民都是犯罪行为，都必须受到谴责。不管肇事者是谁，也不管用什么理由。美国国务院发言人卢兰也强烈谴责这些攻击。他说：“美国已经向叙利亚反对派，包括政治反对派和我们接触到的反对派武装力量表示，滥杀平民和政治报复对任何人都没有好处，也不利于为叙利亚实现和平民主过渡争取民众的支持。这类暴力必须停止。”卢兰还指出，叙利亚总统阿萨德的权力。使他有能力现在就停止这些暴力，卢兰说，他的权利使他随时可以制止这些暴力。反对派已经提出了一套举行谈判的合理建议，只需要他同意即可开始。事实上，一年多来，正是阿萨德政权利用直升机对自己人民进行了一系列空袭，并且炮击居民区和城镇。他们对叙利亚的暴力事件负有主要责任。美国正在和盟国一道为加速叙利亚的政治过渡而努力。美国一直为叙利亚反对派提供非杀伤性物资，而且是为叙利亚人民提供救援物资方面的最大捐助国。叙利亚国内有数百万人流离失所，还有数十万人逃亡国外。白宫新闻秘书卡尼表示：“我们正在同盟国一道向阿萨德政权施加压力。”
，争取为叙利亚人民带来他们理应拥有的未来，而这个未来包括阿萨德总统下台。上播出的是一篇美国政府的政策声明。美国之音并不代表美国政府发言。